You've got questions. Hopefully I've got answers. It's a Monday mailbag. Let's get after it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And today's episode of Locked on MLB Prospects is sponsored by Simply Safe Home Security. With Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe, monitoring agents capture evidence 24 7 to accurately verify a threat for faster police response. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Visit simplysafecom slash LockedOnMLB to learn more. As we do every Monday, it is a mailbag. All of these questions come from listeners of this show. Uh, if you have a question for the mailbag, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, shows on Twitter at LockedOnFarm, or you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. Uh, first question comes from Keegan via email. Sh- very short, very simple, said, What does it take to get Sean Murphy to the Cardinals? So, Tuesday trade block episode, we talked about the Oakland A's trading catcher Sean Murphy, and we tried to figure out what a prospect package would be if he were to go to the Rays. Keegan wants to know, can the Cardinals get uh, Sean Murphy? And I think it's actually a pretty good fit. So if you think about it, uh, you have, obviously, you have Molina retiring. Uh, This is, Yadier Molina is done. He's not going to play anymore. Uh, behind him, you had Andrew Kinzer, who is a backup at best. Um, you know, just he's not going to be your starter. He's had every opportunity to seize the starting job and just wasn't able to do it. Number seven prospect in the system, Ivan Herrera, 2016 IFA. He's not quite there as far as his as offense or defense goes, really. So this year, 65 games. 268, 374, 396. Six home runs, 17 extra base hits, 52 strikeouts to 38 walks. Ivan Herrera's not ready. I mean, just plain and simple, not ready. That was the AAA stats. Um, He got 11 games at the major league level, 111, 190, 111. Uh, Went like 2 of 18 or something like that. So uh, Ivan Herrera is not ready to be the guy. And so... I like the idea of Sean Murphy to the Cardinals. I reached out to some some different folks, reached out to some ace folks, reached out to JD, host of Locked on Cardinals, to kind of get some ideas as far as what that trade package would be. My thought process when I went into this was obviously first base, third base, locked down. You've got lots of outfielders, Dylan Carlson, Lars Newtbar, things like that. Uh, you're looking to put Jordan Walker in the outfield as well. So you'd have a one through three out there. And so I built a package around Nolan Gorman. I said, Nolan Gorman has been miscast as a uh, second baseman. And we talked about defensively, he, he struggled. He got replaced late in games. He, he's a natural corner infielder. Probably, you know, probably first, hopefully third base. But he can't play that because you've got an Arenado and a Goldschmidt. So I said, let's take third baseman Nolan Gorman who has five years of service time left, so it's good enough for, for the the A's to take. Let's take outfielder Joshua Baez. 6'4", 220, he's 19 years old, just finished uh, a brief stint in low A this year. 
was drafted last year with the second pick out of high school. They 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 took him to keep him from going to Vanderbilt. And fantastic bat speed, amazing raw power. Every system has this raw power guy, right? Uh, he is the he is the raw power guy for um, for the St. Louis Cardinals. But just like the other famous Baez, who uh, who played in the Midwest. He's got swing and miss issues, right? He struggled with strikeouts in high school. Um, so, you know, to, to, he's definitely, you know, he's definitely has been a guy who you expected to struggle at the big league level. So far, he has 55 games in his minor league career between 21 and 22. He's got 72 strikeouts. He's got six home runs. He hit three home runs in 20 games in low A Palm Beach this year. But, there's, it's something where his arm is plus plus, his raw power is plus plus, his defense is probably above average. Uh, I'd put him in, in right, honestly, but you've got swing and miss questions. So it's a risky profile. He's a, he's a high ceiling, but a low floor. So I said Nolan Gorman, Joshua Baez, and then a pitching prospect. And kind, kind of left that open. You can pick that how you want to. I would probably say start off with lesser prospects and move it up if you had to. So maybe you offer something like a Max Ragic, uh draft pick for 2022 out of UCLA. If that doesn't work, maybe you offer like Inno and Panigua. If that doesn't work, maybe you move up to like a top 10 guy, like a Michael McGreevy or a Cooper Yerpy. So that was my proposal just to get Sean Murphy. You could also look at a package that um, that included Seth Brown as well. Seth Brown's a first baseman and outfielder, so you can put him in the outfield. And in that case, you could give the A's uh, an MLB outfielder, like a Lars Newtbar, to go along with a Baez and a McGreevy and then maybe some other back, you know, later pitching prospect, a Zane Mills, a Jake Walsh, something like that, for Sean Murphy and Seth Brown. Uh when I reached out to JD, host of Locked on Cardinals, he had some thoughts about it. He thought that Nolan Gorman was too much to offer for, for Sean Murphy since you're about to open your DH spot now that Albert Pujols is retiring. And so you have a path to give Nolan Gorman every day at bats without having to deal with his defense. And so his proposal was take one of either... Alec Burleson or Lars Newtbar, so either an MLB outfielder or a top five prospect outfielder in Alec Burleson, combine him with one of the early round higher rated prospects in the back half of the top 10, Cooper Yerpe or Michael McGreevy, and then throw in an MLB pitcher like a Dakota Hudson or a Sean Woodford. And he said, you probably have to throw Baez in that deal as well. If you throw Baez in that deal, you're looking at uh, three top 15 prospects, one top five, if you'd send Burleson, one top 10 in one of those two pitchers, Baez, and then an MLB piece to get Sean Murphy. The only issue I think I have with that package is I'm not entirely convinced that the, uh, the Oakland Athletics are going to want Dakota Hudson or Sean Woodford because they're a little more tenured, and that means you have to pay them. And the Oakland A's don't believe in paying baseball players more than the minimum to play baseball. So I'm not quite sure you're going to get them to take a Dakota Hudson or a Sean Woodford. But I like the idea of, you know, we can move out an outfielder. We can move uh, a starting pitching prospect and an MLB starting pitcher to get Sean Murphy. I still think there's a path to do Murphy and Brown 
And even if you don't send Walker, I would probably assume if you want Gorman off limits, Walker's also off limits. Tink Hintz is probably off limits. And Mazen Wynn may or may not be off limits. But I think you could headline a package with Burleson. If you're getting Murphy and Brown, you can headline a package with Burleson and Newt Barr, one of those pitching prospects, and then another lower level guy to get both Murphy and Brown back from Oakland. Uh, I do think it's a great fit. I hadn't really thought about the Cardinals being a destination for Sean Murphy, but I really do like it. So, Keegan, thank you for the suggestion. Again, if you have questions for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked On Farm. Or you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. In just a second, I've got some questions about some top prospects, namely Francisco Alvarez of the Mets and Emerson Hancock of the Mariners. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Simply Safe. As everybody knows, athletes rise and fall in the rankings, both prospects and MLB players. But when it comes to saving money, Simply Safe always stays on top. Right now, you can save big with Simply Safe Home Security. They're giving listeners 40% off their advanced security system. Uh, and this is the security system that was just named Best Home Security of 2022 by U.S. News. I use it. I love it. You'll love it too because it's simply safe. Your safety is the only thing that matters. So what's great is this system is is customizable. You go onto the website, you get a base station, you pick the combination of sensors, alarms, accessories that you need, whether it's key fobs, whether it's keypads, alarms, water sensors, smoke detectors, anything you might need, glass break sensors, you pick the things that you need and you customize and build your own system. If you ever move, you can take it with you. Uh, with 24-7 professional monitoring, the way it works is when a threat is detected, Simply Safe's monitoring professionals contact you and dispatch first responders to your home, even if you're away or unable to respond. The professional monitoring, it's 24-7. It costs less than $1 a day, which is less than half the cost of a standard company like an ADT or something like that. They blanket your entire home with protection, advanced sensors that you pick for every room, window, and door. They have HD security cameras you can put inside or outside and very and smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real. They even have hazard sensors that will detect fires, floods, other threats to your home. And they use proprietary response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so you get the highest priority police dispatch. Don't miss this chance to save big when you protect your home with the best. Get 40% off your order when you visit simplysafe.com slash LockedOnMLB today. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes. That's simplysafe.com slash LockedOnMLB. Go today because there's no safe like Simply Safe. Okay, so a couple questions about some top prospects. Tyler wanted to know about Francisco Alvarez. Does Francisco Alvarez open next year as the starting catcher for the New York Mets, or is he in AAA? And I would have said he's the starting catcher for the New York Mets on opening day if it wasn't for the ankle surgery. He had ankle surgery, I think it was last week. Uh, he is he is going to be ready by spring training. They said there's not really a question of that, barring some sort of unforeseen disaster. He should be ready by spring training. But I think there's enough stuff to clean up in his game where the offseason that he could have spent getting better is now going to be spent physically rehabbing. And so if it's me, I probably let him, unless he looks amazing in spring training, I probably let him open in AAA 
and I have some combination of James McCann and Tomas Nito behind the plate. So um, Alvarez, just a reminder here, 2018 IFA. So he got some rookie ball and then lost 2020. Came stateside of 2021 in low A. Uh, last year, double A, triple A in the bigs. Struggled a little bit when he moved to triple A. So um, his 67 games in double A in Binghampton he had last year. 277, 368, 553. 18 home runs in 67 games. 34 extra base hits, 71 walks to 36 strikeouts, okay? 277, 368, 553. You're taking that seven days a week and Sunday after church. You love it. Uh, 45 games in AAA, 234, 382, 443. Nine home runs, 15 extra base hits, 52 strikeouts in 45 games to 34 walks. So he walked at a higher rate, but... He struck out a little bit of a higher rate, and the power production and the on-base wasn't, wasn't really where it had been. You know, on-base is close. Power production is, what, 100 points different, 110 points different. And so a little bit of a slow start. I'd probably want a little more time to see how comfortable he was uh, at AAA before I put him in the bigs. And that's kind of especially because he got five games at the end of the year in the big leagues, and he didn't look great. Now, how much of that... I mean, he batted, I think he was 2-4-12 at the big league level. Hit a home run, had an RBI, struck out four times, had, uh, I think, two walks or so. How much of that was issues with the ankle versus um, just not being ready? I don't quite know. But unless he looks amazing in spring training, I probably give him at least a couple weeks knowing the MLB front office. They probably get him past the Super 2 deadline, and then they call him up just to kind of have a better idea of exactly what his strengths and weaknesses are facing higher level pitching, given that he struggled in that 45 game sample in AAA. So love Francisco Alvarez. Think he's going to be a a fantastic big leaguer. Just don't know if he's quite ready or not. Uh, Question from Johan about right-hand pitcher Emerson Hancock of the Mariners. Uh, And it's kind of a similar question. What happens to him? Is he... Does he, and I think the question he specifically asked, do they do like a Matt Brash and put him in the bullpen or do you still keep him on the starter track? And I think with Hancock, you keep him on the starter track. Part of the reason you saw Matt Brash go to the bullpen is control issues, right? Uh, I mean, Matt Brash has filthy stuff. The slider looks like a Frisbee up there, but he walks a ton of dudes. Hancock didn't do that last year. So Reminder, 2020 first rounder out of UGA, obviously didn't play in 2020, only got, they shut him down last year after like 45 innings because he had shoulder soreness that kind of wouldn't go away. Um, this year, his year got started late because of shoulder issues and he they, they pushed some starts back and things like that, was on the IL for it for shoulder issues this year, but he still got about 100, about 100 innings in. And so 21 starts in double-A, all in double-A with Arkansas, 98 and a third innings, 375 ERA, 92 strikeouts to 38 walks. So just under eight and a half strikeouts per nine, just under three and a half walks per nine. Gave a couple things that I'm a little bit, I'm not going to say concerned about, but I'm thinking about as I think about Emerson Hancock. The first one is we saw his velocity jump. Uh, he throws both a four-seamer and a two-seamer. 
We saw its velocity go up a little bit. Um, with with that velocity going up, there's a couple things that have happened with that. One is the controls come back a little bit. We saw the walks tick up a bit from where they were. Uh, two, when you look at his arm slot, he has a lower arm slot, and then combining that with throwing harder, I think that's part of the reason you're seeing the shoulder issues be a recurring thing. He's putting a lot of stress on that shoulder between the increased kind of violence and effort in the delivery and the lower arm angle. I don't necessarily know if the lower arm angle is an intentional choice to try to get more extension or, uh, you know, at, you know, just make his stuff play, uh, approach the plate a little bit different of an approach angle. But I do think that that's probably contributing a bit to one, a lack of deception, uh, the increased walks and the shoulder issues. And so I think he's got mid-rotation stuff. Some of these things are red flags, right? The, the recurring shoulder issue, kind of a red flag. Uh, the control getting worse, kind of a red flag. The delivery and more effort in the delivery, kind of a red flag. And so, I mean, I, I like his stuff. Uh, the, the two fastballs, the four-seamer sits 94 to 98. The two-seamer sits 93 to 96. They're both above average. The change is in the mid-80s. I think it's a plus pitch. I like it. The the slider's uh, 79 or 80 or so. It's really kind of sweepy. I like the slider as well. Uh, not quite plus, but it's, I mean, it's above average. He's got a plus change up and three above average pitches. I just think when you look at who he was in college, the delivery was very smooth and repeatable. The control was very good. He seems to have regressed on some of that because he's focusing on velo. If you can naturally build the velo, do it. If you can't naturally build the velo, let's let's back off a little bit and let's let's prioritize longevity and prioritize health and streamline the delivery versus adding extra effort to try to get the the velo where you think it needs to be. Um, I know he's only striking out eight and a half guys per nine, but you can get away with that when you're walking two guys per nine. And instead, he's walking three and a half, but he's not seeing the uptick in the strikeouts. So I still say um, keep him at, let him continue starting, let him build his pitch count, let him build his innings. He didn't get above 80 pitches in a start until I think the second half of the year for the most part. Um, I mean, almost broke 100 innings, but even that was, was, it was hard to get there. He had two separate stints. Let him build... uh, like I said, little build both the pitch count and the innings, but prioritize keeping him healthy. And if that's somebody needs to sit down with him and say, this is not working, you need to go back to that delivery and that control that we scouted at Georgia, do that. Uh, I think that's the best path forward long-term for Emerson Hancock is to is to maybe throw, maybe the, the four-seamer tap, tops out at 96 and not 98, but you can make 20 starts in a year, 25 starts in a year. Health is a skill. In just a minute, I have a couple of individual prospects that people asked about right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we're back. So, a couple questions here. Uh, Jackson on YouTube wanted to know about Dory Lorenzo. We didn't get to him in our Astros show on Friday. Uh, he is a an infield prospect of the Astros. So, uh, 6'1", 160. He was a 2019 IFA. 
Uh, he was the star of the class. They gave him just under $2 million. Obviously lost 2020. Uh, spent some time in 2021 in rookie ball. Went back and repeated rookie ball this year at age 19. Uh, 34 games in rookie ball. 250, 350, 320. One home run, five extra base hits in 34 games. Uh, 0 for 4 on stolen bases. This is... Lorenzo is not here to steal bases. Lorenzo's not even really here to play great defense. He's been at shortstop. I think he's better at second. I've see, I saw him at some at second in rookie ball this year. It's something where his range, his footwork, his arm, all kind of only average. Uh, when he does make a throw, it's, it's mostly arm versus whole body. It's like it's, it, it's upper half. And so get him closer to first base. So he's not making that throw from deep in the hole. It's short, and that's a throwing error, and now guys advance bases. Offensively, I love watching him swing. Lefty swing, righty swing looks exactly the same. Um, very compact, very repeatable. Like I said, it's virtually identical from both sides. Uh, it's like it, it, it stays in the strike zone for a long time. It's really easy for him to make contact. He doesn't have a ton of power in his game. I mean, 6'1", 160, part of that's just a physical maturation thing. Uh, I do think that when he moves from shortstop to second base kind of full-time, you're obviously going to have a little bit more pressure on the offense, and you're going to need the power to show up. But I do like his contact ability. I do like his approach at the plate. I do like his swing. I think the power is going to come. And so... Combine all of that with his approach. And then I think that in a few years, you can have the conversation about as Al- Jose Altuve is wrapping up his career, uh, can Dory Lorenzo step in and take over for him, kind of like Jeremy Pena stepped in and took over for Carlos Correa? Not calling him the same player as Jose Altuve, but can he step into that role in a couple years? Based on, and granted, it is very early. Uh, he has played a grand total of 75 games in rookie ball. But given what I've seen of how mature that swing looks, I think there is a conversation to be had there about the, the possibility of him playing second base uh, going forward. He's got He's got enough tools to make it work at second, but the offensive approach is fantastic. Uh, David asked about outfielder Colton Kowser of the Orioles. Uh, so 2021 first rounder out of Sam Houston State, 6'3", 195, and made it up through three different levels this year. Played in high A, played in double A, played in triple A. Uh, combined slash line, 278, 406, 469 with 19 home runs. So yeah, the the whole season, 19 home runs, 57 extra base hits. Here's the Here's the stopping point. 174 strikeouts to 94 walks and 18 to 21 on stolen bases. So, a little bit of swing and miss in the game. Let's, I mean, let's, but double A buoy is where he really kind of rakes. Spent just under 50 games. And let me, let me, 341, 469, 568, 10 home runs, 20 extra base hits. Now, Still struck out more than once a game. 57 strikeouts to 36 walks and was 2-2 two two on stolen bases. But definitely something where you can see the potential there, right? When everything clicks. Double A buoy is what it looks like when everything clicks. I do think 
16 of his 18 stolen bases being at high A tells me that it has more to do with the pickoff restrictions and the pitch clock than it does just the pure speed. But the pickoff restrictions are coming for everybody. So that's perfectly fine. I think he's going to add more power. I think he's one of those rare college guys that will actually do that. Just because physically he wasn't quite where he had the potential to be. And we've seen him already. His slugging has already picked up. I mean, he slugged 568 in Bowie. And so, to me, he's definitely a guy that, granted, his numbers weren't great in high end Norfolk. He got 20, like, about a month there this year. His numbers weren't great. 219, 339, 429. But definitely something you can build off of. And I think if you start off with him in AAA next year, you have the potential to call up a Colton Kowser midseason when you have injuries for the stretch run as you're probably contending for a wild card is what I'd like to think the Orioles are going to do next year. And you can legitimately get some, some good use out of a Colton Kowser and out of his skills. Um, defensively, I think he'd be fine in center. I'd like him better in right. Uh, when you get, you know, having Cedric Mullins in center makes it a little bit easier to put him in right field. I think things are going to look good. Um, I am concerned because he traded a little bit of the contact ability for power. And so whenever that happens, and you saw the strikeouts, whenever that happens, I worry that when you get to the big league level, that intentional trade-off is going to look worse when you're facing the much better pitching. And so if you're like, I'm okay with my batting average dropping a bit to hit some bombs, and then you get in the big league level, and you have your batting average drop, and you have the strikeouts, and you're not necessarily hitting the home runs, especially with that uh, deeper fence in left field. So I'm a little bit concerned with that, but I don't think it's early. I, I think it's too early to panic about it. But let's just be mindful of Colton Cowser's probably never going to challenge for a batting average trophy. But when he's on, look at double A buoy 341, 469, 568, an OPS over 1,000. When he's on, he's absolutely on. Fantastic week this week. Really excited. We got the trade block tomorrow. We're talking about trading for uh, Miami Marlins pitchers, specifically Pablo Lopez. I don't think you're going to get Sandy Alcantara out of them, but trading for Pablo Lopez. Uh, Arizona Fall League update on Thursday. We've got a Farm Friday for the Los Angeles Angels on Friday. So lots of great stuff. If you've made it this far in the the audio show, do us a favor. Go to the podcast app of your choice. Leave us a five-star review. really does mean a ton. really does help the show out, help me out as far as knowing where we're going with the show. If you've made it this far on video, do us a favor. Leave us a comment on the video. Like and subscribe to the channel. really does help us a ton. Again, if you have questions for the mailbag, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show is on Twitter at Locked on Farm. Or you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. Until tomorrow's show, this is has been Locked on MLB Prospects. Uh-huh.